Chip never ends. <laughs> that actually was really. I never thought about that. <laughs> you gotta get with it. You gotta get with our friends. It's like orgy. You have got to give. Taking is too easy, but that's the way it is. Hit star from A to Z. There's actually. To another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me are Dan. I like wagon wheels. I'm Ward. <laughs> what the fuck? Why, uh, Mike. Hey, you know what? I do like wagon wheels as well. <laughs> Haven't had one in a while, uh, but I'm Steve. <laughs> wow. What do you real. follow that with? <laughs> um, okay, I guess let's just jump right into it uh, because kind of I want to just tell him to shut up, and partially we can talk about what what's cool that's coming out. But uh, shut up and take my money, Dan. What about you? Uh, one of the main things that I've been looking at the last couple of days, there was a website um, that was featured on the Bell Lossels Facebook page called Followed Hobbies. I guess they wrapped up and are just about done shipping all their Kickstarter pledges, but they make uh, custom decal sheets and uh, those vinyl stencils for airbrushing. Yo. And seeing as how I like kind of like the anarchy ones, yeah, Is that the one you're thinking about. Okay. Yeah, so you can just cut them out and put them on a model and do your camo- camouflage patterns and stuff like that, but. So that's something I can definitely see myself doing, is potentially uh, doing up some decal sheets, maybe for AVP, because I don't think there's any decal sheets coming for the Colonial Marines. I don't think there's any models coming, to be honest, Dan. There's, some people <laughs> on Facebook have them already. I've seen pictures, sure, and they make Dan. me very jealous. Sure. Yep. Pretty yeah. sure they went yeah. to Shapeways. Sure. So where are the aliens getting <laughs> No, no. Frontline Gaming did a battle report. They got their own copy. I think they got. They might have got what? theirs picked up at Gen Con. They did a battle report. Cheaters. It was a thing. Picking them up in person. Conventions I don't go to. Yeah, that's a bit. Oh, that sounds very unconventional. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think some custom deco sheets may be in my future. Potentially BattleTech, potentially ABP, whatever fills up the sheet of paper. Cool. Mm, interesting. Where do? Uh, for me right now, nothing really is jumping model wise. But I just found out that the LVO is the week of my birthday, so I'm excited to probably go to Vegas. You said you were going to go last year, so I'm going to believe it when I see it. It's the... Well, I mean... yeah. Believe it when I see it. Okay, all right. He needs to paint an army first. It's true. Is that why you skipped what you did in Hobby this week, Tom? No, we're going to go to that next. Okay. You sure? You wanted to tell you, you asshole, you tried to skip it again. See, we've skipped it so many times, it's just become habit to do it second now. Yeah. I actually yeah. have hobby this time, too. I'm moving, shut up. <laughs> you know that, that's okay, but what were you doing for the four months before that? Oh, oh did uh, I say that? The talons came out. Uh, Mike, was on. you know what? I'll just to bow out, you can't win this one. Uh, Mike, how about you? Uh, for taking my money, actually, um, job zone stuff, I'm really on a heavy kick right now and I want to get all the new models that are coming out for just about every faction unfortunately yeah I saw you bought the new model that goes with my faction so <laughs> no it's Mike's faction no, it's that my you faction. also going to play oh, if Mike paints gotcha. it first it's mm-hmm. his faction mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so like cool. how you said if if no no it will it will happen <laughs> in fact I can guarantee no, 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 I will pay every game full ever. two armies worth of drop zone before any one of you will finish one haven't you already done that no, I'm not counting the other three I already finished. I'm saying right now. <laughs> He's got the two, 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 two
Because I'm getting 1500. Fuck, well, I can't afford that yet. <laughs> Alright, well, on to me. Uh, shut up and take my money. I actually, you know what? I have to say, this week, nothing has really jumped out at me. I kind of have actually been slightly turned off by the expensive castle. You don't want an $800 fortress of skulls? Yeah, not really. We finally know what the Blood God wanted them for. He made a huge <laughs> castle and a lot of them. He's selling a lot of them. They're apparently doing really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. What, you guys aren't buying $2,400 worth of scenery? Nope, okay, I'm curious. How big is that? Like, how much space would that take up? Would that be like a six by four board worth of castle? Oh, who the fuck knows? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember their they- last castle was 110. <laughs> so. But like these these things in the photos, they do look really big, but almost to the point of how the fuck would they be usable in a standard game? Yeah. Oh, but here's the trick: there is no standard game anymore. It's true. You just gotta make shit up as you go. Yeah, it's they don't need rules for anything. You just where we're going, we don't need rules. (laughs) (laughs) Marty, it's your kids. (laughs) No, actually, I my shut up and take my money would, in all honesty, right now be a time machine so I could have more time to paint because I'm actually really enjoying painting stuff. Or so you can go back to playing Third Ed 40k or Six. No, actually, no, that is not well. Six Ed Fantasy, yes, but (laughs) 40k is actually the best it's ever been. Everybody agrees with that. That's pretty much a universal thing. You're a weirdo. Continue on. Okay. Also, you know what else will take my money? The Horus Heresy kit that's been leaked because it's Iron Warriors. Oh, dude, we have an Imperial Mist! Apparently, (laughs) I'm gonna laugh at you two as you get what you want and don't finish an army. Some of the rumor mongers, though, are some of the rumor mongers are saying it's word bearers and ultramarines. Oh, boo! It could be Battle of Calth or it could be Battle of Fall. I really hope it's not Iron Warriors because I get to eat my fucking words and have to paint some goddamn 40k. That would be the two. It would be my favorite if the two of you, you that can't finish a fist's army but talks about it all the time, and you that have been clamoring for Iron Warriors, just get it like shoved down your throat and. In a one package, perfect. I'd be so. I, would, I, I feel like one package couldn't cram down both of our throats. Well, that'd be quite an impressive package. That's how you're positioned, like Lou Ferrigno style. And anyways, my point is, I don't have. I'm guessing he's a massive. I'm guessing he has a hemipene. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what, your turn this week. Mine is kind of random. Uh, there's a company called Wild West Exodus. Uh, they typically make kind of a shitty pseudo. <laughs> Um, like Great advertisement guns. for No, that. I know, it's horrible. But like kind of a Wild West skirmish game kind of thing. Mixed in with a bit of steampunk and stuff too. Yeah. A little bit larger than 28 mil miniatures. They, some of their stuff looks really cool. It's like 20. Some looks really mil. cool. I think a lot of it's stupid. But they have plastic base inserts for the RS um, style bases. Oh, is that the one that Jared was talking about? Yeah, yeah. with like the wood planking. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. So I now know what I'm going to be able to do for my gremlin basing for kind of the wood plank style. Because the wood plank style for my um, that I use for War Machine is a little bit more uh, clear cut. And such? Where, yeah, so it looks a lot a lot more organized, whereas these ones kind of overlap on the sides a little bit, look a little more ramshackle. Uh, so they're going to be perfect for gremlins. I was also thinking that you could basically buy, like, Minds of Moria sets that people cannot, like, sell, and then just cut up those planks. Get the, like, $8,000 Goblin Town scenery? Yeah, yeah. Or I could just buy these and put them in, because they're just their inserts. Yeah. So the Shut Up and Take My Money is going to be for them. Okay. And my favorite thing about this is that now there's another guy that has even more hobby ADD than we do, that like goes out and finds the most random obscure accessories for models is now working on Gremlins from Alpha. So I'm just getting all of the benefits of the <laughs> shit that he's working on. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. riding those coattails to success. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so now we'll skip over to this week in hobby. It'll be just us two on this side of the table. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no, wait, wait. You gotta give him a chance. Steve. Oh yeah, get yeah. Us, do okay. you guys do anything? Tom, over there. Tom, 
Okay. Actually, yeah. no, 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 no. I actually, yeah. what I did this week is I went through and organized all of the stuff that I'm going to be moving with me to kind of get all my current projects organized and ready to go. So when I move, I can just like pop it out and get right into painting. So, so I'm thought, actually, you thought about how you're going to paint and then stopped. No, I. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm okay with that because remember when I moved and I had my basement, and I had to organize and yeah, and I'm getting it doing that right now before I move, so that when I move, it's just like open up, put on the table, go. Gotcha. Sounds okay. good in theory, Dan. Graphic design work, no paint. Okay, Mike is judgy. Mike well, is fucking you don't <laughs> judge because you guys are being fucking <laughs> hey, horrible. Anyone with that facial hair can't judge. You fucking rights like a judge. Ward, what did you do this week? Does birio cart count? Okay, Mike. How no, no, you? wait. I actually got stuff. Mike sent me a picture of like uh, the PHR stuff that he was working on, and then I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I sent him a picture of like four times the amount of PHR that I. What have. he doesn't see is I haven't sent him the picture of all my stuff that's been primed, painted, and magnetized. So is yours done painted, or are you just talking about the models that you own? Oh, Oh no! I clean. I cleaned everything. Primed everything, and I started. And I started spraying the green on. No, you know what? You defended me. Good for you, Ward. Thank you. Good weekend hobby. Yes. Ward, I'm going to tell you right now, cleaning models does not account as hobby. It I know does, you hate the mold does. lines on my models, but they're done. Your mold lines drive me bananas. I have painted miniatures, and I get to play with them. And, you B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Oh, Thank sure. you. Thank you, Gwen. <laughs> uh, Mike. Steve, Steve, my fellow hobbyist and person who's actually done stuff, I would like you to go next, sir. Spray green counts. Bullshit. Well, no, you got to finish models. I finished painting my balls. <laughs> I'm not lying. I painted a bunch of servitors for my yeah, for my cock. <laughs> so <laughs> painted the balls you, for your cock. You painted a bunch of cock and cock, balls. Cock balls. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I finished basing all of them. Got them all done. Did the finished final OSL oh. stuff. Uh, it's not my best work, but it is the color done. So it's not a nice cock, but it's done. I it's not, like, not a nice cock. It's a serviceable cock. It's a serviceable cock. I feel like the title is going to include Steve's cock somewhere <laughs> in this episode. We can only hope. Thanks. That's been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. No. Anyways. I got I got a bunch of them done though. I have, in fact, I could count them. I have three, six, nine. Dude, that's unhealthy. Some some are pink, 15, and some are blue. I, I finished fifteen. Wow, and my favorite balls are the blue balls. There's a lot. Of, they're mostly blue and rusty. <laughs> from misuse. I know what a rusty trombone is, but what's a rusty ball? I'm, I don't eat. Don't Google it. Um, all right, we, that was me. We could bring back the segment of let's make Mike uncomfortable and Google no, the rusty. Mike, ball. what did you do this week? Hobby. Oh, After Jesus. that, horrible. I knew it was gonna. I knew that was coming. It was just horrible. I'm sorry. Okay. I uh, well, since we can count models, let's tell. I did and painted up. Not painted up. Sorry. I cleaned, magnetized, and primed a full set of PHR starter. I uh, also put together three buildings for a foreground. Nice. I also fully Blah. painted fifty soul, soul stones. Thanks, <laughs> And I also started on another. Were those ones that you that was have Mike, last week? That was yeah. a, you know. Did you, did you paint? Did you get them ready for the game you played on Tuesday, or are those since Tuesday? That's the since building. Tuesday. Really? The, the, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. There's some awesome. some more cool. ones besides that. Yes. Oh, cool. So how many do you have total then? In which buildings? The foreground. Uh, yeah, the foreground five. Five of the foreground. Nice. nice. Those are so sweet. I really like those buildings. And then I painted more stuff. Do you know what that means? Anyone? You mean much more than everyone else. Steve Same. knows. You hobbied this Steve weekend. Steve knows. You hobbied this weekend. This week. <laughs> last two weeks. Whatever it's been. Still some, shame some on all you. period of time. <laughs> all right. So that covers this weekend hobby. Uh, With Mike and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and our wonderful audience over there on the other side of the table. So on the topic of painting, why don't we talk about some paints? So, okay. Let's preface this a little bit. Last week, I was a little bit sour about the the new Games Workshop gold paints because a they're bit? 
Okay, there. I still believe they are way more expensive than they need to be. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of insulting for them to cost that much. But with that being said, Dan. Yeah, they're actually pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. I uh, used them last week on some of my uh, or my solitaire. Best gold that GW's had since, good God, the old Burnished. Burnished wasn't good. It was Shining. Which was good. Shining. That's Well, Shining yeah. was pretty good. I came around on Burnished Gold in time, but yeah, they're, they're, they're the very Shining. They seem to be very smooth. They seem to have good coverage. Like, they're yeah. head and shoulders better than the rest of, like, the, um, what's it called? Like, Gehenna's Gold and yeah. uh, Balthazar Gold and that sort of thing. Like, they are leagues ahead of those in terms of texture, coverage. They're not watery. They yeah. actually cover. They they covered over black. Let's see if they last more than a week. Yeah, that we'll, see, we'll see if they turn into a hockey puck within uh, short that is order. The, the GW metallics do separate like crazy, so that is a thing. Um, but we'll have to see, yeah, like how they last, but... Uh, the problem is, is they are seven dollars, and there are some of the P three range that, in all honesty, is not that much worse for significantly less. Yeah, there's there's definitely other paint ranges where you're getting fifty percent more paint in a pot for less money. Yeah, and it, it's it's not that much worse. I will say, I think that's probably the best gold in the market, though. Um, the real question is, anybody tried airbrushing it? I have not. I have not. Okay, no. so that's something we'll have to do before we, we give it a final, final... I, I don't really know who would airbrush unless you're doing, like, a Sanguinary Guard army. I'm sure it would probably airbrush this Or fine. if you're doing some Sigmarines. Oh, I guess that's true. Nobody that is literally that. what they came out for. That's a thing that who we need to paint Sigmarines. Sigmarines. I have the models. Oh, come on, you guys don't paint. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, have, it's gonna continue until you start. I purchased. You I was so good for so long. I purchased the shit out of those models. That's step one. I like no, no, spending no, no, no. my money. People, anybody is, listening, no, I no. want you to mock them for not doing. Yeah, yeah. I think get on Facebook. Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think I get a lot of mocking already. Yeah, but you know what? You would how you would combat that. Finishing models. By finishing finishing models. Really? really? I'm the one that's being singled out here. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> to be entirely no, fair, Ward. I'm out Tom, personally. Because, you know, what, you know why he's picking on me? Because he knows if he harasses me enough, I might actually get something done. He's given up on you guys. Oh, oh fuck, I gave up on Dan. Not Ward, but Dan I gave up on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I, think, I think you deserve a bit of taunting. So, Facebook, go ahead. Call him out. Really? On our page. Really? Not in his real life. The, on our page. The taunt is on. It'll be a tauntaun, so to speak. Uh, tauntaun? Oh, have you seen the tauntaun sleeping bag? Is yes. Yes. Oh, anyway, right. new golds. They, I believe they fit into the far range of all the current golds. What does that even mean? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I would put, like, retri- Retributor Armor, I think, is... Can we just not talk about gold. the other golds because they're shit and you should never use them? Ah, uh, well, I yeah. mean... They yeah. they mix together not too bad though, like I was the one thing I, I will say the one thing I'll definitely say is if you're not doing any washes or anything you tonally I think the new golds are way less red than the existing yes, GW absolutely. golds yes so if you want them to mix in you're gonna have to do a little bit of wash or something to bring them together because uh, just going straight from one to the other will be a bit of a jump yeah when I did that because I basically I base coated the Vambrances or Vambraces, whatever you want to call them, on the the, the Harlequin's kiss, right? Yeah, that that thing, <laughs> the um, wrist thing. Yeah, it wasn't on the Harlequin's kiss because it's on the other side. Oh, the, the what is it? The field that he reaches into people's hearts, rips them out. That's the Harlequin's caress. Harlequin's caress. Uh, Alima. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
But I did uh, Griffin Sepia as a wash, and it was perfect. Oh, yeah. Absolutely perfect. Then I went back over it with my old burnished gold that I still have a little bit left of, and nice. it was, like, fantastic. And you can now actually get that in Vallejo Air game color range. They yeah. now have the airbrush versions of the old GW Metallics. Oh, which really? is actually some of the best metallic paints I would recommend. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good, too. So I, I did buy... I bought, like, a half dozen shades of gold in the last few weeks because at some point I may be doing those Sigmarines. So well, at least I, have, I have, like, all the golds from all the ranges except Scale 75 or whatever it's called. So it sounds like we're all, eh, on this. Optimistically, eh. Yeah, I think we'll see how it sprays through an airbrush. What, what do we give it as a complete snap decision uh, puck rating? For me, it's got to be a three. It's okay. a good product, but it costs, I think, costs twice as much as it should. Maybe it has real gold in it. Dan. <laughs> um, it would be a five if it was a $5 pot, but it's a $7 pot, so it's four out of five for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm with Dan on this one. Uh, I went out and bought it right away because I love paint and don't <laughs> like painting, apparently. So. You like eating oh. it, too, remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I yeah, that's what he does with his paint. These ones are delicious. <laughs> it's um, just like Goldschlager. But, I mean, it was an item that I wanted. I went out and bought right away. The cost was the only thing that would be a negative on it. So yeah, I would give maybe. it a four. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with the four as well. Uh, it's it, I did went out and bought it as well and tried it. And it has nice coverage like everybody's mentioned. But, once again, seven bucks. Come on. Yeah, it's I thought it was a mistake when I went to the store and it was $7 a pot. I was like, no, I'm only buying two pots of paint for $14. I think mine was cheaper, like, I didn't, you, you rang in three. Clearly, you rang in three pots. Nope. Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to give it a four as well. I think it's... I, I'm going to buy it. I haven't bought it yet because I haven't needed a lot of gold. Yeah, that that's one the other thing. <laughs> My gold lasts a long. Yeah, yeah I don't, it's well, always an this is the question. Because uh, uh, I've bought all of the new Citadel Golds and... Every single one of them died on me after a month. Yeah, they oh, separate. Really? really? They separate and harden. My golds have been pretty good. It's been my, like the copper. Have you even opened yours? The, yeah. The Just checking. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. The, oh. The oh, gold or whatever it is. The, There's uh, not a lot of people I can Orc make fun of. Or at least on par. <laughs> was brutal. Orc gold for me was the worst. They all separate. They all separate, and they just yeah, turn you, into goo. In the you top. notice it on some of the darker golds for sure. Is they have they get that like red layer that leaches out of them, and getting it to mix back in is difficult. So yeah, so I think if hopefully lasts, these ones last longer, if which lasts, might almost justify the cost relative to its own direct GW competition. Again, it's still going to be expensive compared to everyone else. There's no way around that. Yeah, I or would buy it. But at least it's good. And that's honestly, they don't have these specific colors. No, and that's the thing. That is the best. Uh, gold color. That original shining gold was a perfect base color. Um, I would go and buy that. So as which a which sig- of the two was it? Sigmarine, Sigmar- Sigmarine gold. Sigmarine <laughs> Those gold are not the real is. names. So the Liberator gold or the the darker one? No, Retributor. Re- Retributor armor. Retribution That's the one. armor. Re- Retributor. That's the one. Whichever oh, one. Lord, your paints were not closed properly. Ooh, that could have been disastrous. That could have been disastrous. I spilt rum in my bag already, so why not paint? Yeah, yeah. Retrib- Retributor <laughs> armor. Let me see the one. Retributor armor. That's the darker the one. one. I think that's the money pot. That's right the. There. That's the one I'm. It I is the money pot. The money pot. No, this is the one that I use. Did you call the it the honey pot then? No, it's the money pot. Shut up. Shut up. Classy. Remember, we're trying to be classy. Honey pot. Uh, that is a good no, episode. it's okay, Steve. I gave up. Great a episode. We're still calling it Money Pot, which is eerily similar to Money Shot. So I feel like it's not <laughs> that classic. The Honey Pot is a great episode of Archer. I think it it's, is season, very I think it's good. season one, episode one. Because that's the one where he goes to Cuba, right? Maybe. Yeah, no. that's right. That's where he has to come. <laughs> no, it's Florida, the, the but it's gay guy from Cuba. Yeah, that's super fun. They play highlight or whatever. Highlight. Yeah, highlight. Yeah. <laughs> highlight. It's really weird. Um, yeah, buy Retributor Armor. Skip the rest. 
My opinion, there are four. Also, I'd like to point it out now that uh, the one guy that didn't watch Archer like three months ago was now the one referencing it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> right? <laughs> also, have you seen BoJack Horseman? Yes, both Katie seasons. Did. Fantastic. Thank you. Moving on. Next next segment. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess one of the things that I've always had a problem with, because uh, I haven't played a lot of Drop Zone Commander, and you look at it, and the army creation is kind of fucking weird. Like, it's not... Like any, like most of the other games, where you just kind of select what you want, and it's not exactly like 40k either, where there's specific slots. So, Mike, can you give us a bit of a rundown? Well, on you know how what? I think I think you're getting lost on it a little bit. It is actually a lot similar to 40k and how you pick slots. It's just that the slots there's a lot more involved into it. Okay. Yeah. So you have your one HQ slot, but. In Drop Zone, that one HQ will have a HQ, it can have a scout, and it can have a support, and then that's one. Yeah, it's a lot more similar, to, if you think about it, as if you were picking formations into that slot. So like in 40k, if you have a formation that has an HQ, that would be your HQ choice in Drop Zone. Right, and but you're allowed to attach to it a support or a scout or an ob. It's up to you, or you could just leave it by itself. But... For actually just picking slots, it is very, very similar to 40k, where you have an yep. HQ, you have a troop, you have an armor, you have a heavy. Uh, okay, so how would let's let's take for example an army like UCM because they're in the starter set, yep, and they're kind of your generic army in the game. Yeah, everybody's really measured against the UCM, so that's a fair yep. right because mm-hmm. they're kind of your standard. So why don't we talk a little bit about UCM? And maybe how you'd go about building an army for UCM. Okay, uh, absolutely. Well, the first thing you have to do is once you go over a certain size for a clash, you need to have an HQ period. So you need to decide whether you want to play with the special characters or if you want to go with the base Kodiak. Um, I would suggest just going with the base Kodiak for now because special characters aren't always allowed. Yep. Yeah. If you're if you're picking uh, the one thing that you need for the army, you're gonna need that HQ. Grab the Kodiak because you're if you're playing any tournaments, you can basically. And even, let's say, keep it simple for like a thousand points, a lot of those special characters are really fucking expensive. Oh yeah, and you can't afford them, that's why you would want to go with the Kodiak, because you could take a lesser level of a leader on it. Then after that, you're going to be taking, of course, troops and an armor unit. Yeah, the biggest thing that you're going to need is everybody needs, I think everybody in the entire game requires one armor and one infantry, no matter what you're doing. Um, So once you select your uh, armor unit... You would then so everything here basically has like you need an armor. Then you go to your armored formation and it tells you what you need in there for the size of game you're playing as well. So if you're starting out with your sort of standard size, you're gonna need um, you're gonna need to grab uh, that's a clash. You're gonna grab one to two standards and then one support. Yes. Okay. So the question I have for you guys: What? So you talk about 40k and you've got your HQ, your elites, your troops, your fast attack, your heavy. What different unit classifications are there in Drop Zone, and what kind of units, let's use UCM as an example, do you usually find in each category? So you've got in your HQ, your armor, your infantry, special, and fleet. Uh, fleet's the easiest one to explain. Yeah, it's, it's your planes. <laughs> That's planes. It's fast movers, almost always. Okay. I don't think there's anything that isn't fast no, mover in fleet. not in a fleet, in a no, absolutely. Um, then we'll move into the HQ, which is your your HQ. Your leaders. Um, you so also usually get to and yeah, yeah. usually get to uh, select one cool thing with that. Um, like uh, I don't know the UCM as well, but for Shaltara, you would get to take uh, Braves as you want as your exotics in there. You can actually take some really cool advanced uh, infantry. Oh, you mean in the, okay, yeah. As part of that support. Just, it's part of that group, not as, part your, of your HQ. as the HQ itself. Not as the HQ, no, no, no. Yeah, but yeah. with that HQ, you can actually select other stuff. Yeah, So absolutely. then 
from there, your infantry is really straightforward. Usually you need one or two stands, uh, or one or two squads of infantry. Those yep. will either be, uh, depending on the faction you're playing, those will usually be three stands of five. Yes, if you're playing UCM, it actually is. And then other ones could be two stands of three. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's neither here nor there. You need one infantry, and for this game, infantry is very, very important. You cannot go without it. Mm-hmm. You can't win games without it. You need it. It, yep. it is one of the things about this game. Infantry, you have to have it. You can't just go all armor. In a game with the infantry, it says uh, always one to two, no matter what size you're playing for yep. UCM. With that, you can take one infantry group, and then you can usually take one support. So um, for UCM, support would be Mike? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> anti-air. It's anti-air is yeah. one thing. Uh, Ooh, geez, what else is in support? Usually, I know for again, I'll come back to Sheltar. We're supposed to be talking about UCM, but I don't know yeah. UCM as well. The as Ferium, the Ferium drone, drone controller is also support. Oh, okay, so that makes oh, sense. Oh, cool, that's a great unit. Yeah, that is actually one of the must takes at fifteen hundred points. Is the Ferium drone controller? Yeah, and that seems to be more or less the way it works for for drop zone. Like uh, with Sheltar, you get your infantry, and then you can take like a Dream Snare or yeah. your anti air, that kind of thing. So something but, to boost your infantry. Oh, the, it's so versatile and heavy hitting that you. you it's just a. Take it. Yeah, <laughs> usually, usually the support with your infantry is really good, and it has to be to offset the balance of you can take two units of infantry, or you can take that one unit of infantry and one um, support mm-hmm. kind of thing. Usually, the support is good enough to offset having not taken that infantry because infantry is how you take buildings, that kind of thing. So yeah. it has to be really powerful. Absolutely. So what do you find in your armor then? Okay, the armor, armor tanks for UCM, there's two choices, basically. There's a saber, and then there's the katanas, I believe. Those are your two choices, but depending on your play style, I'm going to say the katanas are the way to go, because they have double the shots, they're one strength less, but they've got a good range, and they still kick, and they can also level buildings in one volley, which is a little scary. Oh, they destroy no, but they're hitting you with a strength nine. Most buildings are six. You're critting on fours. Mm, gotcha. Okay, so you got two wounds per hit, two, and shots, two shots per tank. It's kind of a big deal. That's four, up to four. So they can really tank. put some hits into a building. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And what kind of support units do you typically see in the UCM? What were we talking about? Uh, you mean support for armor or support? Because there, there is no. That's a special. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, okay. You're thinking special? Um, yeah, special. So, special uh, is all your odd stuff, if that makes sense. So, um, what's your. So little short buses? <laughs> hey, no, the short buses are in the resistance. That's true. No, so in your special, if I'm not mistaken. For my special, it's Praetorians. Yeah. Is you get the advanced infantry. Exotics, yeah, it's advanced infantry. Um, then there's a lot of I don't have a lot of as much exotic as other races do, but um, was your flame tanks in special? They are support actually. So here's the thing: I don't know the advanced UCM stuff because I don't have the expansion book. Because you're too cheap. <laughs> so I don't have the because it didn't come with all the cool Shaltari stuff that I really wanted. Let's put it this way: um, <laughs> UCM doesn't have a lot of exotic, but they have a lot of support. So okay. It's just how you look at it. Each one builds a little differently, but UCM has a lot of support choices, whereas a lot of other groups don't. Because you have eagles that you can have fly in. You have the longbows that can come in and help. Just overall, UCM does not have any shortage in support. But, yeah, that's uh, they have some heavy, but their heavy aren't as popular, uh, I don't find. 
Okay, so up. one of the questions I have then is you talk about it like there's formations. Are there any limits to how many formations you can take? Yes. Yeah, actually, do you, that, specifically. it's just specifically how many points you take. If you're taking like just a little skirmish, it's a 0 to 9,999 points. Then you're only allowed X amount, this, 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 and this period. And you can only have so at a thousand So at 1,000 points, how many formations do you get? So you can take... It goes five, six, seven. So for a skirmish, it's five. For a clash, it's six, and a battle is seven. Right. Um, so and that's how big just is a total number. Battles two thousand. No, nope. two thousand to three thousand is a battle. Yes, two thousand and above. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so most of the tournament games are in that clash size. So you can have a most six formations. We'll call them. Okay. Um, and then within that, you have the breakdown of you must have one HQ, one to two armor, one to two infantry, zero to two specials, zero to one fleet. But basically, if you look at the back, it has a chart. It gives you all those specific numbers. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. just a matter of learning how to read the chart. Is when, yeah, Once you get it, it's not that hard. And I think when it comes to army composition, we've really talked about this more than a few times now, of the notion of you really want a balanced list. So the best way to approach it is take a bit of anti-air, take a bit of anti-tank, yep. take some infantry, and then a little bit of extra support. Yeah, it's the best way because if you're going to tournaments, it's got to be all-rounder. You've got to be able to take and hold. You've got to be able to find intel. You've got to be able to search for objectives. You've got to be able to kill stuff. So well, importantly, why? you have to be able to hit a single in the top of the ninth and tie the game. But move yep, on. yep, go Jays. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Mike, why don't we transition that into talking about our game? Because I recently got a chance to play the Resistance, because you lent me yours. And I played the Scourge against you on this one. And it was a lot of fun. We had relatively balanced lists. Like, uh, I had three units of infantry, a unit of bikes, and then a handful of different support and tanks and such. Yeah, just a a liberal spricing so that you could react to anything that you wanted to. Yeah, and so we did that relatively typical scenario that I've actually played before, but it's a lot of fun. Where you go to the buildings with the the objectives in them, and then you roll a d6. On a 1, it explodes and nothing happens. On a 2 to a 5, it's worth 1 point. And on a 3, or a 6, sorry, you get it off your board edge and it's worth 3 points. Or 2 points, but yes. 2? Okay, yeah. yeah. two. It's 1 and um, 2. That's the intel mission. Yeah. 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 And so, I guess from a beginner standpoint, without getting too much into the details, one of the things I really liked about it is that there's a lot of charts and tables for everything. But much like Fantasy or 40k... Once you understand the, the math behind it, yeah, it's, easy it's really easy to get into. Yeah. The biggest difference is that y- you know, you're looking at a different gradient, so Tide is a 5 plus instead of a 4 yeah, plus. Yeah, the wound chart shifted by 1. It's yeah. all just shifted by 1. Once you get that down, it's really easy. Yeah. And they tell you what you need to hit. So I found the mechanics, even though looking at the rules was kind of daunting, actually getting in and Play, playing yeah, absolutely. is really not that complicated. No, it, it, don't get me wrong. It would be very complicated as a game if you were jumping in as a beginner, but that's just like 40K. If you've played 40K or any of those, any game before, really, uh, it's simpler, in my opinion, than uh, War Machine. Yeah, it's a little bit less abstract, I guess. Yep. And one of the things that I really liked about the, the rules mechanics, and talking very specifically about our game, yep. is I could have. I had. No recollection, because I hadn't played for about a year and a half, of exactly how the fuck you played the game. But I remembered, like, get your infantry into the buildings and win the game. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really nice that it was a game that didn't really have rules or weird interactions get in the way of that basic understanding of how to kind of win and play the game. So if you are getting into it and your opponent tells you, get your infantry into the fucking buildings and you have a chance of winning the game... 
yep. everything else is kind of minutia at that point. Like once you understand the basic objectives, yep, Absolutely. the rest of it is like okay, well maybe that wasn't the perfect spot for those units, but it still worked out. And they're watching sports. Just <laughs> Sorry, we're sportsing pretty hard right Whoa. now. Oh. Jays are up! <laughs> Throwing error. Which also, my, they're going to challenge that call. But anyways. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about this right now is that we're talking about a game that's already going to be a week outdated by the time this airs. Um, but anyways, back on the drop zone. Um, oh, totally safe. It was no. really... This boat was way off the bag. The scenarios are great, <laughs> and the, the rules never really get in the way of playing the game. Like, I've found other game systems can do. Yep. No, it is It is a very balanced system. A lot of people have noticed this and, and mentioned it before, but once you've tried it, you realize that if you try to skew your list and make it overpowered, you end up crippling yourself. Oh, you yourself. sacrifice one section of your, your army yeah. so brutally. Like, it does seem to have that rock, paper, scissors element where there's not one unit that can do everything. No, so whenever you're skewing thing. hard one way, you're sacrificing in two others. Yes. If somebody brings in huge mobility dropships and you go, I'm not going to take any anti-air because I want to shoot all the things on the ground, you're fucked. Like, you just yeah, can't stop exactly. getting on and the I board. Think one of the things that helped me, I actually won the game. Yes, you did. Uh, and I think one of the things that helped is that you put your slow unit all the way off to the far one side. Yeah. And then you dropped both your units centrally. Um, and I was able to drop a couple units on one side because I had the three and the one carry and then bolted off to the other side with the bikes. Yep. And then send in my helicopters to take out the transports for your faster infantry so they yep. couldn't hop back in and move around and really restricted you from getting more than... you. I think you only claimed... What three? No, it was. It wasn't that bad, Tom. It was like three to four. I know. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a <laughs> one know. point loss, but yes, I know. But it did. It, it stopped me from doing it, and the, it came down to one rule. If this happened, it was a tie. If it to be fair, there was two. Two. Okay. Because if you destroyed, if you killed that base that I had in the building, which you only did by one, yeah. Um, then I wouldn't get to claim that objective. And then there was the other objective that I was yeah. going to claim as well. Um, but it's really neat that you, you have to be really careful with how you're deploying and redeploying your units. Yeah. Um, so it's... You're almost playing two games at once. Like, there's the game of getting your infantry where you need to get to score objectives. And then your and support then to support. killing everything else to not get your infantry fucked. Yeah. That's exactly how the game works, and it's it's really nice that way. That infantry really doesn't affect the tank battle going on around it to the extent it does in forty k, um, which I kind of like because if you're talking what is this the twenty fourth century warfare? I think so. Somewhere yeah. around there, infantry is probably not going to be so good against grab tanks. I would imagine. <laughs> like I've always found that funny in forty k, where a, a guardsman with a crack grenade takes down a falcon. Why didn't it just fly slightly higher? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just no, this this, this game is for one yeah. thing in this game if you've never played it if you leave your infantry not inside a building and oh they're done bomb, oh. they're dead they're yeah. dead I'm sorry they're they're dead anything can kill them and that's not to diminish their effect uh, that they that they the role they play in the game because a they're gonna win the game for capturing objectives but usually most infantry stands like both of your infantry I believe have rocket launchers yeah so they can affect. Uh, the outcome of a battle tank battle yes. yeah a, ba- a tank battle for sure especially if you're on the wrong side of a building but unlike a 40k infantry. you gotta be inside a building hiding and then you're just kind of ducking up to the window yeah. shooting off your rocket and praying to god yeah I mean even the toughest <laughs> infantry in the game has the weakest tank armor imaginable their yeah. Shaltari armor 4 well and I think one of the things that took me a little while to get used to is the notion of the two ranges for every gun 
Oh, You've yeah, got yeah. your range versus countermeasures and your range not against countermeasures. And then the notion that 98% of the time you're using the countermeasure range because yeah. that's every other vehicle in the game. It has electronic warfare countermeasures of yeah, some sort. Yeah, exactly. And it's really only when you're targeting shit like infantry. Or buildings. Or buildings that don't have countermeasures. So that's when you've got your gun that's normally in a 12-inch range is miraculously can kill infantry from 36 inches away. Yeah. yeah, there's not that's the other thing about this game that's kind of interesting too is I like the way they do shooting mechanics because the shooting is usually really easy to hit stuff. I mean, unless it's infantry hiding in a building, yeah. hitting things a lot of tank destroyers are 2 plus. Yep. Uh anti-air is 3 plus. And that's why they've shifted the damage chart is because the materials are supposed to be a lot better in the future. The weapons are, there's more defensive measures. So that's why an even strength versus armor is on a five. Uh, and I like that a lot. I like the idea of having infinite range tank weapons. Because when you're talking about a six by four table and you're literally two city blocks away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tank destroyer. You can fire miles. So you should have infinite range unless you're firing at something that's jamming you or screwing up your... your and that's, that's one thing about Hawk system. is he really is into the... The background. The background where you have countermeasures and counter And not just the background, but the yeah. technical count, uh, background, yes, which is really makes it a lot more uh, interesting. So sure. I feel like we've talked a lot... capacitors, like it actually makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it makes we, a we, lot We of have sense. talked a lot about drop zone. Is there anything else you want to touch on in that game, Mike, that you think is relevant for people that are maybe getting into trying it? Was there a gutsy or gutsy moment for either of you? Um... I don't think so. Not, not, oh, no. There was nothing that was decisive. It was all. Uh, oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. No Having a list here. without a carrier for your HQ that moves two inches a turn. That didn't stop you from winning, though. So it's. I know. Not, uh, so <laughs> I know, it's gutsy now, isn't it? It was gutsy, but it, it was really funny. I've got this like massive fucking tank, and I'm just like, yeah, this thing's awesome. But obviously, like Mike made the list, but there was so few points around, and it was the best list he could have given me based on the points and being yeah. balanced. So, in no way, shape, or form, my bitching about the list. It was just hilarious that my big get in close kill shit tank started on the board edge and moved two inches a turn. By the end of the game, it was like. Ten Probably inches forward. You play five <laughs> turns or six turns, so yeah, the most it could have gone is ten inches forward. Well, because the first turn it's moving half an inch, right? Oh, yeah, because it comes gone. up... Yeah. Half. half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that. That's funny. Um, no, that's the other thing. A game with the game. If you don't balance with some dropships, you sacrifice a mobility. You do. And, and dropships aren't killing things. But because just, the range just, just make a lot of sense. Just for the record, though, somebody at the tournament who won... Took a ninety percent Walker no drop ship list. And was that PHR? No, that was Shaltari. And I don't understand how. I'm still trying to figure out. Like, unless you just shoot down literally every building, because you have that much firepower, and you go for the full Skaven watchtower. Like yep. Dan was saying, that was my reference earlier. Yeah. Just knock down the watchtower, and nobody what wins. Like? like, what was his strategy? Like, how was he running that list? Do you play just, them? It was uh, Curtis. Uh, he. Uh, I didn't play his first game, so I don't know how it went. But the second game was taken hold, and he once he got close to it, I couldn't I couldn't take it from him. Okay, that's how he won. He he just smashed my face on that one. So that okay, basically, if you're not sure, taken hold is the most points around six inches of this point. Oh yeah, that kind of list wins. You win. Oh, so okay, yeah. so he just walked his walkers right up there. He didn't really even have to shoot me. He, he still did. He shot the shit out of me, but. He had so many points that I couldn't kill because each walker has four points and it's got a save. I couldn't, it, I just couldn't get rid of it. So all the stuff was right there and half of my army was destroyed. 
Ta-da! He gets the point, yeah. or the two points for and it that. It sounds like that type of an army would have a smaller footprint as well, so getting them in a small area would be yeah. a little easier. Yeah. A lot of heavy shots are walkers. Would be so a question I've got for you, Mike. I was looking at the results, Yeah. and it looks like uh, you came in third, yep. which yep, is cool, um, but you also destroyed the second least number of uh, enemy models. Oh, yeah. I, I went... So you were, okay. like, real hard on scenario. I went hard scenario. I was like... That's I, what I love about this game. Yeah. You can like that, that was really cool. Like the guy that came yeah. in last killed the second most points. Yeah, it was. Cr- I'm looking at that and it's like this is really cool. Like you're actually. You, this is like the thing. If you take your eye away from the ball, you're, you're not going to win on this game. You have to focus and like you the have Angels to. The other yeah. day against the Blue Jays. Oh. Or apparently <laughs> the the, ra- the Texas Rangers. No, that's just actually been Jays being grinder. But anyways. But this one, if you lose sight of what you your with the Jays are on grinder. Are, I'm just going to be quiet now until you stop talking sports. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sports, sports, sports. No, no, I know. I, know I, I started it. talking about grinders, so I the know what alt- you guys are talking about. <laughs> the alternate path to victory, like where you don't have to just, oh, I killed 2,500 points of, of your army. This is, this will Tom will like this. This is very much like Malifaux. If you don't keep an eye on your schemes and your strategies and focus on getting them done, you can kill a lot of shit, but you'll still lose the game. And those are the games that I'm really enjoying the most lately, because especially when a lot of it's based on maneuvering and positioning. Mm-hmm. So 40k dice rolls don't matter as much anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. And then, uh, my, I built my army specifically to go for points and objectives. It, it's not built to be killy in any way, shape. Okay, or now form. Steve, I do want to point out that I feel a lot of the good competitiveness of 40k has nothing to do with the actual Games Workshop and what people have done with the rules for it, because the card system is fucking stupid. Oh yeah, you're right. The ITC. So, like, so that is sure, sure. So ITC has fixed a lot of that. Yeah. But even without the ITC, that's still it's still leaps and bounds where it's been before. You're right. If you play straight Maelstrom with no other uh, path to victory, yeah, you can get pretty screwed. ITC <laughs> ITC has made 40k good, not Games Workshop. No, Games Workshop's rules have actually been very very solid. But not their scenarios. Their but that's something GW's always left up to the community. I mean, yes, you're right. I'm not going to defend them on that but nonetheless i'm saying 40k competitive in like just like war machine steamroller where it used yeah. to be oh yeah. you run that's where we're at right now with 40k and 40k is very much that same way same way as what hawk was doing actually five years ago um if not when did when did they start with drop zone would have been about five now it's been a while Oh, Jesus, that's a good question. When did that start? I feel like they've been around at least. So while you guys are looking up that, I want to talk about briefly, because we've actually gone Jesus, pretty short tears. for all of our topics here. Did you guys see the demo for Drop Fleet? <gasps> no, I did not. Yes. The range system in that game is what? fucking Dude, cool. There's you mean that? range being infinity? <laughs> no. It's it's based on like the target signature, so the yeah, larger really the ship, that is the really easier good. it is that you can And like, you've got your it. own inherent signature size. So it's all about, it's not that you're looking at a ship through your fucking windshield in space. It's, it's basically the sensor, sensor blimps yeah. determines the range of how, so how the more shit you can, you're doing, you're increasing your reactor output and showing up better on enemy sensors. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. yeah. So the easier you are to hit and the longer. So I you like can that. push the limit and do more shit, but then more ships can shoot you back from a further distance away. I see you. Oh, I like that a lot. And you can, that's so... So very much like Battlefleet Gothic in the way they describe. I can see how Andy Chambers is totally involved in that, where he's talking yep. about <laughs> you, you're you're literally not that ship. You're the tiny little pinprick in the center, on the of, the center peg, yeah. of the peg. Yeah, they don't see you. 
they just sort of lob ordnance in that general direction. And in this and game too, I don't think you roll damage. I think you just rolled a hit. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah, once you hit every because all the guns Whoa. are like five hundred meter long death rays. If they hit you, they're gonna fuck you up. Did, it's just whether they hit. Did you. you see that heat beam? That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Oh, no, it's really cool. I'm actually. This is the one fleet game that's got me ridiculously excited because those game mechanics are super streamlined and sound fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I, Battlefield Goth is one of my favorite games ever. And the models are amazing. The models, oh. the UCM, I want to see Sheltari stuff. I want to see PHR. I want to see Resistance. <laughs> I know, but can Resistance we just say... Resistance will be like the Firefly. That's, that's the Resistance. <laughs> can we imagine if it was? <laughs> can we just all agree, though, the best fleet models I think I've ever seen are the UCM. Right now, yes. Absolutely. Is there a game system out there that produces better-looking fleet models? No. The Halo ones actually look good, too. Yeah, but that's Not also that because good. they were designed for a video game where there is no modeling concerns. Nobody has to sculpt them. <laughs> They're designed out of thin air, and then they had to make them for a miniatures game. For originality, this is, I think, the best-looking uh, ships. And I would argue that they're, they're going to be better sculpts because it's going to be Hawk instead of Spartan. Because the Spartan mm-hmm. stuff can look good, but once you get it Spartans in person... typically big chunks of resin with These are plastic screws, though, for this Halo. Is more. Yeah, oh. Halo could be... I'm not going to disagree. So Halo is a disruption to their business model in a way. They're doing things differently, and it's, it is it is looking promising as well. The big thing, so though... This could like, be, like, the golden age of, like, naval ship fleet sci-fi games. I just have to say that I, I will defend to the death Hawk as being a better game system because, A, Hawk has had creative control over his own system for Drop Zone for the whole time, and he's done a phenomenal job of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and for a one-man army, he's been amazing. Yeah, not not a one-man army anymore, but original core rule set is yep. all him. But then on top of that, you bring in Andy Chambers. I think if I was going to pick which game's going to be better, it seems like a really safe bet to say it'll be Drop Fleet, because nothing Spartan has touched has actually been a viable rule set for more than 20 games, mm-hmm. whereas... The exploding dice mechanic is cool for the first but couple of times. But they've never released anything with any real replay value. Yeah, and then, then also the exploding dice mechanic also bones you and is no longer fun. Spartan also, I think, suffers a little bit with oh. their scenarios and with drop zone being so good Send with their it. rules and, and the scenarios. scenarios. I can only imagine that drop fleet will be the same with their scenario back package as well. So Yeah. Uh, there's what is it? I think Trevor said it was going to be a Kickstarter. Yeah, in for October. It. And in October. so, which is fantastic since I will have extra money that time, hopefully, and just basically. Is one the of, one of everything? Just gonna be, yeah, one of everything. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. the Kickstarter just me. for the first two fleets, or are they going to have everything? I'm sure I that they're going to. I don't know. I'm hoping it's like because if they've got resistance, I'm so in on that Kickstarter. Yeah, Shaltari is the big one for me. He's no. got one of the drop fleet models. <laughs> Trevor, he, we gotta be careful because he listens to this podcast. I, I, I know where he lives. Trevor, we're coming for you. <laughs> also, uh, I think that kind of wraps up most of our main content for this episode, which keeps us kind of short. But I'm gonna give you guys a preview. I'm playing a game of Age of Sigmar on Thursday. What? How, how drunk do you plan on being? Very. Are you playing dwarves? Because that might actually be a rules mechanic that you need to follow. There's a potential for that. I'm not. No, sure. I'm playing orcs. I'm taking. Also, still need to be drunk. I'm, I'm taking the Savage Orc formation. We're using. Apparently, there Who is. Who are you playing with? Todd. Magic? Yeah. What? Okay. He sent me messages like, hey, Tom, want to play games? I'm like, sure, what games? Once I've committed, Age of Sigmar, I think you'll like it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, uh, I, you know what? I actually bet you if you play with the intent of not playing a competitive game and having a few beers, well, I bet you it'll be fun. And the reality is we are playing with a, a tournament system that has established a point system for every model. Really? Oh, yeah. you're playing with the one that has the online points picker thing? I don't know about points. Like just some of the like the worst selection restrictions. Yeah, whatever you call it. No, it's there's actually PDFs that have been released for every army book at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fan made that has points values for it. Yeah, oh, isn't that okay. the one that came out that they were talking about on Bowls where they had like an online army builder tool and you could print them all out with the points and that kind of stuff? I I guess I, I didn't know. see anything about an online serious, tool. I think it's also Canadian made too. We're not big enough. fans of Age of Sigmar yet, so we don't know. There was, but there was I'm going to check it out. And the reality is, I did the points up. And a 750 point army game is sporting, uh, sporting, sporting. Jays win. Yeah, Jays win. Yeah. Anyways, but a 750 point army is basically a war boss, a shaman, uh, two (laughs) units of 20 orcs, a unit of 10 orcs, a unit of five war boys. Hmm. I was listening to very little of that. So that's not that's not huge. No, and if that's a viable arm, like we'll see. Does that fit in one army case? Yeah. There you go. To be fair, it's already <laughs> all in an army case. It's a very big one, but I'm not. I'm not taking that shit out and putting it in a different case. I was, Are you I was, kidding me? I was talking to Paul Ting actually like about uh, Age of Sigmar. So he's actually doing a tournament in September. Oh, okay. And uh, Big J has a review of Age of Sigmar up on his blog as well. Mm-hmm. Worlds in conflict. Worlds in conflict, and uh, I've already commented on it too. So, but basically, the moral of the story from Jay's perspective is: don't play with dicks. And my comment in the comment section was naturally the only deck you should play with is your own. <laughs> so yeah, but you know what? Play with uh, good I'd like people. To add on to that I don't know. Thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mike. Sometimes continue. people aren't trying to be dicks. They get excited about the model, and then the dick comes out, and the dick comes out whether they want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy now? <laughs> Sometimes you oh, get a little overexcited, and the dick just comes out. No. Mike, I like so. You're the one that complains we aren't classy and constrained. made that joke today. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Stay <laughs> <laughs> classy, oh, Michael. No, uh, I I played. I, I watched a demo game at Paul Thanks Tournament. I thought it looked fun. I just my my concern, and we talked about this uh, before the podcast. I think that the tournament system is how you get your advertising in on the game. It may not be the people that are going to sell the, are the people that are going to buy the most models, but the tournament scene is the most vocal. There's a reason why video games like StarCraft and League of Legends are so popular is partly because of the competitive scene. They don't have the greatest mechanics out there, but so many people are watching it and paying attention to uh, the competitive scene that that's what sells your model, sells your game. Yeah. Well, did you guys hear that it was <clears throat> in all sports or like all sports, competitions... Sports, sports. Um, the second largest purse paid out for a winner was actually that video game competition. Yeah, in Seattle. In yeah. Seattle. Six million dollars to the winning team. That was the second largest purse in any event in the world. Yeah. The only and stuff I can think of that's higher than that is either prize fighting, like fucking yeah. uh, Mayweather and stuff, or like poker tournaments, which is on it's on it's not, that's, TSN, that's not kind s- of like a sport. That's sports. So what was know. what was the number one then? I am trying to remember. I imagine it would be uh, boxing, for sure. But boxing wasn't a purse. I don't think boxing was included because it's not a purse. That is, well, it's because it, it's they're they're paid plus bonus was plus it? bonuses. It's a different thing. But this it's, was like it a, is it, depending on who you're talking to, it's referred to as a purse. Anyways, my media. point is but yeah, going back yeah. to the original topic. My point is, I think that competitive scene is what's going to honestly make games like Horde and War Machine. Uh, the steamroller is really what's given them the popularity because the rule sets 
good. It's not the most amazing in the world. But I think in a lot of ways, it legitimizes it by yep. attaching it to a prize, and it also gives you a frame of reference to guide the conversation. Balance it. it tries to balance yep. it, and you can say, let's play a tournament game. And then you know, oh, I'm coming in with this. I'm coming with this. Well, not only games. that, but they have, as a company, we've talked about this a million times at different levels, but they have their own world championship. Yeah, for they, sure. They have the Iron Gauntlet. It's exactly like Valve and uh, and League of Legends. Like it's the yeah. same thing. This is their world championship and that they t- that they fucking televised. GW got popular partly because of their GTS and their yep. back in the day world championship with their painting that kind of thing, and they dropped it because it may not be profitable, but advertising is intangibly profit uh, in profit not profitable. Like you don't important. Well, it's intangibly profitable. Exactly. Because you're not seeing an immediate return on the money you're putting into it, but it is directly impacting sales in other ways that you can't tie. Yeah, so I think Age of Sigmar is actually a really good idea. I think it's the direction they needed to go, and they just, like everything with GW does, they missed a couple of things. I also like how they licensed out all those games and stuff to use the fantasy IP, and then they blew up the planet before half these games are released. Oh, I know that's also my favorite. Those, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure the guys from oh god, Creative Assembly. Yeah, and what's the making their Total War? Total, Total War, War that's the one. Like oh yay, <laughs> yeah. go play this miniature game that it's based on. Never mind. <laughs> so I think one of the my recommendation for Games Workshop because they totally listen to our podcast would be. <laughs> In XGW staff what? listen to our podcast. That's true. Or we want- mid-level to low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, to be fair, one of them used to run Canada. D- sure. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Right? Thanks, Jay. Uh, but I think the best thing that they could do is within the run, next year... Used to run Canada. It makes it sound like Harper. Prime, <laughs> Prime Minister Jay. Prime Minister Jay. That'd be pretty awesome. He was more of a commissar, let's be you fair here. I'd vote for Prime Minister Jay. I would. Just as but a side note. The best thing they could do is within the next year actually legitimize the ITC. If they endorsed ITC yeah. Yeah, and put the packs on their website and released a prize pack for ITC events, much like Private Precedents did with Steamroller... That would boost their sales. They don't even really surprise packs. If they put it on their website and just contact Frontline and say, we like what you're doing. No, no. It's a balance But what system. they do is... And it takes one intern half a day to put it on a goddamn black library PDF. No, the real trick with Privateer Press is they've got their own trophies already to run the packs. So you download the pack. You spend the ten, like the hundred bucks, you get the trophies and everything. And you run like a, a fantasy flight I, tournament kit. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, but they wouldn't do that for for the systems that are running the ITC, like the LVO. They would have to do something special because the LVO has got the no. Crazy the trophies. LVO will do something special, but they more or less legitimize so that tournament format. The twenty person tournaments can buy a package. Yes, they make some money like, off of it. You get like Infinity, thing. Infinity has the different yeah. levels of packages. Yeah. Right? I hear you. That makes yeah, even green. even private press, they've X-Wing. got. They've got coins or trophies or even just certificates, right? Like, depending on how many players. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that's reasonable. I, I think, think if cool. they follow that business model where they take what the community has done and run with it and endorse them, the community loves them more, and more people will get involved and excited because it's easier to run those tournaments. Yeah, and you know what? You're right. They're, they're actually doing that now more in the video game world, too. Like, EA opens everything to, to beta testers, which is something they didn't do for... For a long, long time, they get it. They just said, "Nope, we're not going to deal with community. It's too much of a hassle. It's not profitable. We'll we'll just release what we have and we'll do it quick." And now they're getting like Battlefield Hardline, huge community involvement because the they needed to get people back on their side, get people back into the fold, and generate that. What do you mean? Well. Everybody loves EA. <laughs> well, they went from the most hated company in America to not. So. 
They were actually the most. They were doing worse than like Monsanto and no way. Like they were crushing all these notorious companies. Although to be fair, no one knows who Monsanto is unless you're like unless you're all like GMOs. They came in second, or they came in. How dare they artificially select those tomatoes? Comcast has been like the long time running worst company in America winner, and EA finally beat that a video game company, and they had to turn themselves around. And they did, mostly because of the, the fact they listened to fan input and got rid of a lot of middle management and started going with the idea of our fans are what are going to buy our games, or who are going to buy our games. And the reality is, if you're looking for the bottom dollar here, you charge a profit on the trophies you sell. Yeah. It's another skew you can put on your store that takes no time and effort and that other people will sell for you. Yeah. No, I think that's totally reasonable. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think it's going to happen. Wishful thinking. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely not. Okay. Um, well, I guess, Ward, do you have any events coming up? Uh, I've got the next big three. Uh, we've got Attack X happening in Cantaloupes on September 11th to 13th. Uh, they're doing multiple systems, so 40K Fantasy, War Machine, and Flames of War, I believe, is also... That sounds about right. X-Wing, yeah, I said X-Wing, right? Maybe Mal... No, I don't think there's any Malifo. I don't think there's any Malifo. Uh, then there's Kipper's Melee in Nanaimo on October. Oh, we're going far for this shit. Oh, Kipper's Melee. Yeah. Huh. Uh, October 16th to cool 18th. Uh, they, again, run multiple systems as well. Uh, they've got the website, so check them out. Uh, and Onslaught is happening October 24th to 25th, and that will be eight game systems over the weekend as well. So lots of multiple events. In Onslaught this year, they're all one-day events for every system? Everything is one-day events still. So. you get my trophy ready yet? Uh, I will <laughs> be going to getting the trophies made. I will make sure that I put your name on yours. It takes me. So maybe, maybe I'll get Dan's X-Wing painted trophy. Nice. All together at the same time. Hey, you never nice. know. Yeah, somebody somebody give Dan some competition. Paint your X-Wing. Yeah, yeah. So Do it. We're, we're getting some sponsors, actually, for Onslaught 2, which is exciting. So. Nice. Well, that'll be really good. It'll be good. So, nice. uh, And there's some smaller events I know that are go- that if you, going if, on. If you can talk for, like, 30 seconds, I can find an Alpha event coming up right away. For sure. Uh, <laughs> I know that, yeah, Jordan is running one at the end of September, I believe. Yeah, I just got to find. Okay. And then Hal- <laughs> Halting, I know, is running an Age of Sigmar event. Again, he didn't give me any dates, but I know it's going to be in September in Calgary. So there is that as well. Oh, I guess one of the things worth announcing with events while I'm on the topic is that Weird is doing a worldwide campaign. Again? Like the old school GW ones? Yeah, and it's really cool because <clears throat> the whichever faction comes in first is going to get the next year's... Because what they do is every Gen Con they do a Nightmare Edition box with crazy special models. And whichever cool. faction comes in first is going to be getting their faction represented in the Nightmare Edition I'm going to report so many losses for Gremlins. <laughs> you have to actually <laughs> register in ways that you're too lazy to actually do. <laughs> I don't know. My spite knows no bounds. <laughs> hey, Dan. And whoever comes in second is going to be the, the free bonus model for spending 100 bucks in the web store. Gen Dan, I, I programmed gotcha. a living. Let's write a ridiculous bot to just destroy Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. There's, I there's, really fucking hate you guys sometimes. There's there's also a Dystopian Wars tournament uh, going on September 20th uh, down at Imaginary Wars in Calgary as well. Here we go. So. Malifaux Fall Madness Tournament is September 26th at 9.30 a.m. Where is he? And the cool thing about this tournament is it's actually going to be a bit of a weird format where the first game is a henchman hardcore. 
Um, and the second game is an Enforcer Brawl. So these are going to be games where you're not taking a traditional army composition. You're kind of mixing it up a little bit. All the formats are listed on the event page and on the Packages, Alpha website. Right. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's there's actually more Malifaux this fall that I haven't seen before, which is which is pretty cool. So yeah, the Malifaux community is booming. We had ten players out for a random weeknight gaming night last week. Yeah, I had to. I opened up more spots for this event this time around too. So yay! So Malifaux players keep showing up because you guys are being fucking awesome. <laughs> and until next time, this has been another episode of Hobby Name Canada. I'm your host Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. I'm Steve, and I also like wagon wheels. Yeah! And hopefully, just hopefully, some of us will paint some fucking models. No, Tom. Paint your fucking models. Doubtful. Directed at you. Ah!